radical church has placed a chest in Kyle with $10,000 in, I'm just kidding, guys, stop. Some of y'all in the front, these, the youth girls were like, I am there. Some of y'all about to get up out of service like, all right, Pastor Trey, I'm leaving. He said, there's some buried treasure, get out of here. No, 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 But today I do want to talk to you about treasure. Not buried treasure, but your treasure. Okay, everybody has treasure. You say, you know, I don't have any treasure. Well, the Bible says that you do. The Bible says that everybody has treasure. And where we place our treasure tells a lot about who we are and what we value. So today I want to read from Matthew 6, if you have your Bible or if you have your phone there. You can open up your Bible app and turn to Matthew 6, 19 through 21. We're going to read this passage real quick. It says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in where? Heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I want to ask you a question here today. You ever heard of profiling? It's a, it's, it's, it's a practice that's done by different organizations, but they basically can take a, a psychologist or psychiatrist and, and, and profile somebody based off of different interviews that they do. Maybe they get people from their life that will come in and do an interview. A lot of times they do it with celebrities and people that are important and things like that, but they'll do a profile based off of different aspects of their lives. And what this person will do is sometimes they'll put it in an op-ed or they'll put it in, uh, you know, in New York Times or something like that. This is a profile of this person. And I want to ask you this question. What if somebody was tasked with profiling you based only on your bank statements, based only on the things that you have bought and the things that you have sold? They know nothing about you. No, no, some of y'all get nervous in here. I can, hear the, I can hear the chatter. You're like, oh, Lord, I don't want anybody looking at my bank statements. I buy some weird stuff, okay? Uh, but they know nothing about you other than what they see that you spent your money on. So what would they think about you? What would they think that you valued? What would they assume about you? Maybe your statement has a car payment, right? Maybe your statement has a house payment, utilities, food, entertainment, travel. You might have flights or gas or something like that. Maybe kids, toys and clothing, electronics. And then you have all these other miscellaneous expenses. And now let's say that this person is doing this profile on you and they put out a report that says profile of, insert your name, and you start to read this report. You say, this isn't me at all. This is all kinds of wrong. This is not who I am. Did they think that, that I have this kind of personality? They think that I am like this. They think that I'm, I care about this and I value this. I, that's not what I value at all. And, and then what about this? I, I really value this specific thing in my life, but, but why isn't that in there? I really value that a lot. When they put out this report and you say, this is not who I am at all. Well, here's the problem is that there is definitely a correlation between our spending and our values. And that's why the title of the message is Spending Reveals Values. And that's actually our first point today. If you want to take notes, you can write down Spending Reveals Values. You say you don't value eating out, right? But the report says that you ate out 22 times this month. So like, let's be real. You know, do you value it? I think you do, okay? You say that you value time spent with family, but all I saw was drinks with the bros out on a Friday night. You know what I'm talking about? Like, is that really time with family? I don't know, guys. Ladies, look at your husbands right now. Come on now. You say you value living generously, but you haven't given to your church. 
You haven't given to others. You haven't given to people that are in need or different organizations. And you say that you value these things, or maybe you say that you don't value these things, but there's an old adage that goes like this. There's two things that never lie, your calendar and your checkbook. Your calendar and your checkbook, two things that will never lie. How you spend your time and how you spend your money will almost with 90 to 100% accuracy, tell me what you value and what you care about. And many times, this is the issue. It's, it's not that we, we don't value these things or that we do value certain things more than others. And, and, and maybe you say, well, this report is wrong. Like, I really do value family or living generously or I value, uh, you know, rock climbing or whatever it is in your life that you really value. And this report might not completely show that accurately. And here's the issue that I think we run into is sometimes... Our spending and our values are out of alignment. It could just be a simple issue of spending and values being a little bit out of alignment. Maybe you really do care about these things, but you've gotten distracted. You do care about these things, but, but it's been a little bit of a different season for you, and you're just going through a different time right now. And, and sometimes uh, I think we need to look at our alignment on our spending and our values. Uh, this is what the Bible says right here in that passage earlier. It says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So it's a very biblical concept that your spending reveals your values. Amen, we agree on that? Okay, it's important that we agree on that because we're gonna get to something else later that is predicated on the fact that you agree with me on that. Okay, here we go. Some of you already know where I'm going. I see you smiling, okay. We talk about doing an audit on your spending, okay? We talk about, let's do an audit on, we, we talked about that in week one, five things the Bible says that you should do with your money. And let me tell you, if you didn't listen to that one, I would highly encourage you, go to YouTube, we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all that stuff. Go back and listen or watch that one first. Um, it's really important because this is what, this is the foundation for what the Bible says we're supposed to do with our money. So we talked in that message about doing an audit on your spending. You have your daily, weekly, monthly, yearly budget that you have, okay? But when was the last time that you did an audit on your values. When's the last time you did an audit on your values? Not just an audit on your spending. Because what we value should guide our spending, not the other way around, amen? Our spending shouldn't guide our values. So, so let's start with our values first and then filter our spending through that. Because if you value time with family, maybe you could plan your work trips a little farther apart. If you can kind of do that and maybe have a couple of days where you get to spend time with your family and then you've got on your next trip. Could you do that? Is that possible? Have a little bit more time at home. And if you value home-cooked meals, maybe you set a limit with you and your spouse or with yourself or how long you, or how many times that you go out to eat in a month. If you value generosity, maybe you could set up recurring giving at your church or with another organization and find another person or organization, somebody that's in need that you can help every single month. One little tip that I have that's really helped me, uh, it's, it's, it's this one little phrase right here, is that we automate what's important. Does that make sense? We automate what's important. How many of your bills are, you pay online and you automate them automatically? It's, it's not something that you just go in, you're not doing like paper bills anymore where you're like writing checks anymore. Who doesn't even own a checkbook? I wanna see, who doesn't even own one, okay? Listen, you automate every single bill that you have, right? You set up the direct auto pay, you don't even have to think about it, right? Why do you do that? Because you know that it is important that those things go out on the time that they're supposed to, when they're supposed to. You automate it because it's important. So what are some other things that you could automate that are important in your life? Maybe you know that you wanna help somebody in need. Maybe you set up a, a thing in your phone every month that reminds you 
to give to somebody in need. Maybe you set up something in, in, in the, whatever church that you go to, whether you're from Radical Church or you go to a different church back wherever you're from, Maybe you set up recurring giving because it comes off of the top and you don't even have to think about it anymore. You say, you know what? This is important to me. I want to make sure I'm generous to my church and generous to others in my life. So I'm going to set this up as an automatic thing for me so I don't even have to think about it because it is important. And when you start with your money, your money will determine your values. But when you start with your values, your money will fuel your values. I'm going to say that again. When you start with your money, your money will determine your values, but when you start with your values, your money will fuel your values. And what's the most important value that we should have, right? What's our number one value in our lives? We know that to be God, right? Come on, God is our number one priority. He's our number one value. And, and we say that that's true, but we're gonna look at this passage here in Matthew six twenty four. It's just a few verses later. It says, no one can serve two masters, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. I think this, when I think about this passage right here, I immediately think of having two bosses. Have you ever had two bosses before that tried to tell you to do two different things that were kind of conflicting from one another, right? Like you had your immediate, uh, your direct report boss, but then you had maybe a boss above that boss. And both of them were telling you to do two different things and you kind of just end up getting what? Confused. You're not really sure what to do in that situation because you have the person you deal with all the time. You have the person that's above them. Like, do I listen to you because you're technically more important than this person, but I deal with this person all the time. Or, or maybe as a parent, You've probably been in this situation before too. Maybe mom says one thing, dad says the other thing, and you're not really sure what to do. And sometimes your kids will play you like that. You know, like, well, mom said this, and you're saying this, and I like what mom said better. So I'm going to do what mom said, right, you know? And I'm going to get off on a little aside here, a little tangent for a second. But one of the best things that you can do as a parent and as a couple, uh, parenting children, is to be on the same page, okay? Get on the same page. Why? Because what does that cause for a child? All that does is that causes confusion within them because now they're having to choose what mom says, what dad says. Listen, get on the same page with your discipline and with your standards, with the things that you expect of your children because it'll make it a lot easier for them to not, they're not going to be able to play one or the other because they're going to know that whatever mom says, dad says, whatever dad says, mom says. But here's the problem. As parents, you can kind of figure that out, right? You can actually set your standards and make them the same. The issue with God and money and serving two masters is that money and God never have the same standards. They never have the same standards. Why? Because money is, is, is very closely tied with buying and we're going to go get more things. We're going to do more things. Culture will tell you, that you have to buy more to be happy. You have to do more to be happy. You have to have more money in your bank account, and that is what's gonna help you to be more happy. But the Bible doesn't say that at all, right? What does the Bible say? The Bible says that if we live a life generously and we give money away, we give it out, and we actually don't keep things for ourselves, that is actually what's gonna bring us joy and happiness. And God and money in many, many ways are actually opposed. Money is not bad, it is not evil. We talked about that in week one, but sometimes it can corrupt even the purest of hearts. And we need to be careful that we value God more than we value money because inherently sometimes those things can be opposed. So no one can serve two masters. 
Either you're going to love one and hate the other. You're going to be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So we've established now that you can't serve both God and money. And we've established that your spending reveals your values and our our ultimate value, our number one priority should be God. And so this is the real question that I wanna ask of everybody here today is does my spending reveal value for God? That's the question that we have to ask ourselves internally. That's the question that we have to talk with our spouse about. That's the question that I think that maybe many times we push off to the side because we don't wanna think about it. And yet I wanna bring it forward for us to think about and to talk about today. And this is where it's going to get a little bit more family oriented, okay? I had, I had written some stuff in here and, and I had to kind of, you know, mess with it a little bit because I want to make sure that I'm gracious and I'm understanding, but at the same time, I want to spread the truth of what the Bible actually says. And there's one concept in the Bible that many people don't want to talk about. We talked about a little bit of week one and, and there's, there's a few different kinds of people, right? When we talk about giving, we talk about generosity, we talk about tithing. There's a few different kinds of people. There's the one person at the second that you heard that the message today was about money. You're like, and I'm done. I'm done. Don't want to listen to this guy anymore. Might as well have just not gone to church today. Like, let's just check out. I'll be on my phone, on Facebook, Instagram. Not even going to pay attention to this dude. Don't care about what he has to say. You just immediately check out, maybe because of different experiences with the church and money, whatever it might be. And maybe some of y'all, instead of just completely checking out, there's another group of people that have decided in their hearts, they're gonna be like, you know what? I am gonna listen to what you have to say so I can wait for you to mess up and say something real dumb, say something I don't like. So then I can be real mad and never go back to that place, right? You know what I'm saying? I get that, I understand. There's some people that have had some church hurt in relation to money in the church. There's some churches that don't spend money very well. Let's be honest, okay? There's churches that abuse money and abuse members and try to get all this money and they're not honest about where the money's going and different things like that. Listen, I get that, I understand. But then there's another group that I want every single one of us to try to be like. And that's a group that's people that are here today to learn what the Bible has to say about money. To hear what God thinks about money because you know that actually money is one of the number one things that Jesus talks about in scriptures. There's a few things that he talks about more than anything else. It's actually hell and money, okay? And you can argue that the money passages are about different things, I understand, but they talk about those things more than anything else in the New Testament when you read the words of Jesus. So it's not that Jesus doesn't have anything to say about it, but it's a lot of times that we're very uncomfortable with it, right? Does that make sense? And so I wanna try to break down some of those walls here today for you. So tithing is a concept that was an Old Testament practice that has New Testament applications. Let's say that again. Tithing is an Old Testament practice that has New Testament applications. I'm not going to get super into tithing and what that means today, but I'm just going to give you a general overview of what it is. Tithing was the practice of giving 10% of everything that you had back to God. That's just a general easy way to put it. In the Old Testament, it wasn't necessarily always money. A lot of times it was crops. They said the first fruits of what you had, and that was the purpose of that, is that they, they wanted to automate what was important. So the first 10% of everything they had, they gave it directly back to God. Uh, they gave it to the temple. They gave it to different places, but it could have been fruits. It could have been uh, crops. It could have been livestock. It was many different things for them in the Old Testament. But it also has a New Testament application that I'm gonna to get to in just a minute. But what I wanna say is tithing reveals three things about you. Tithing re- reveals three things. We know that our spending reveals what we value, right? 
And so tithing will reveal three things about you. Your understanding of God's word is number one. Your faith in God as provider is number two. And your value for Jesus' sacrifice is number three. Now I want you to bear with me, okay? Understanding of God's word, faith in God as provider, value for Jesus' sacrifice. And we're gonna walk through each one of these things. And then we're gonna do something pretty fun here at the end of service. Understanding of God's word. This is the first thing that tithing will reveal about you and your heart. Not everybody understands tithing, right? I understand that. It's like not everybody gets it. Not everybody's done it. Some people are new to church. They've never been to church before. And they're like, why am I supposed to give 10% of everything I have to the church? Like that doesn't really make sense. I feel like they're just being a little greedy about that, right? Okay, and I understand that. Like, why do we do it? Was it just for the Old Testament? Is it for the New Testament now? Because there's some people that will say, well, tithing is not a New Testament thing. It was only Old Testament. But then those other people will say, well, it was actually before the law of Moses. So is it for the New Testament? Ah, and it's just so confusing. And actually in the confusion, some people just don't ever really know what they think about it. And so they just do nothing, right? They're just like, ah, I'm just, I don't understand it. I'm gonna stay away from it. I'm just gonna keep everything, right? And, and that's kind of a default, I think, for humans is if I don't understand something, I'm not gonna go do it. Right? I'm just gonna keep all the money I have because it's a lot easier for me to keep it than it is for me to give it. Amen, come on. So does it have to be 10%? Is it pre-tax or after tax? Okay, I, there's all these questions that we get into. It's just like, okay, all right. But some people don't tithe, honestly, simply just because they don't understand it. And I get that. That's the first thing that might reveal about you. And then the solution for this one is to get into God's word and learn what God's word says about it, right? Go to God and go to scripture and go to somebody that's been in church for a while. Ask somebody that, that does give and that does tithe. Hey, why do you do it? What, what do you believe about what the Bible says? And, and actually research and learn what God has to say about money and finances and tithing. But that might be the first thing. You just might not understand it. It's like, I don't really get this. The second thing, which is kind of the next level here, is it might reveal your faith in God as provider, your faith in God as provider. So you might be somebody who says, okay, I understand tithing, but we're in a bad place financially. We're in a difficult season right now. And, and I just honestly don't think that we could give generously right now and still make ends meet. And this is one thing I wanna tell everybody today. I've talked about it every single week in this series. If you're in a bad place financially and you know that you are, we want to help you get out of that. We want to help you be free from financial bondage. We don't want anybody to be living in a place where they feel like that they cannot give extravagantly and give generously. And so what we do is once a year, we have this course called Financial Peace University. Uh, some of you might know it, some of you might not. Basically what it is, it's a Christian-based program that will help you to get out of debt. And we do it together, okay? It's not just you on your own. It is a group class and we offer it once a year and the cost, I think, is about, I can't remember, it's like $60, $80 or something like that. Chelsea uh, and John, they are from our church, and they lead that class. And this is what we want to do. We believe in it so much, and we want to help you get out of financial bondage so much that if you will commit to take the class, and you go all the way through, and you graduate from the class, we will actually reimburse you for the cost of the class. I don't care if there's 30 people that are taking that class at 80 bucks a pop. Radical Church will reimburse every single one of you. And then we throw a big party at the end. Last time we went to Logan's Roadhouse. Come on now. Went to Logan's and had some food. It was a lot of fun. It was a good time. And uh, Logan, that's your name. That's right, my man. That's right. Uh, so we went to Logan's Roadhouse and had a ton of fun. 
And we wanna celebrate people that are getting free from financial bondage. And so if that's something you're interested in, you can actually go to the Church Center app and sign up for that. It's gonna be starting in January. But I highly encourage you, if you're in a bad place financially, get into that class. We believe in that and we wanna help as best as we can. So you might say, we're in a bad place. I don't think we could give and make ends meet. And some people just honestly have trouble trusting God that he's gonna provide financially when they give sacrificially. Some people just have a hard time with that. And I get that, right? I mean, you're, you're saying that I have to live without 10% of my income every single month. Well, I don't really make that much as is. How am I gonna trust that God's gonna provide for me if I actually take that leap of faith? I don't even know if I could do five or 3% of my income right now. And the first solution I would have for that one, if you're taking notes, it was to look to the Bible. Once again, see the stories of God providing for people when they had absolutely nothing, okay? Let me tell you, I've told this story before. Lindsay and I moved to Kyle, right? So I was in Oklahoma. We were in Oklahoma for five years, but we moved to Kyle and had absolutely nothing, okay? This is my home. I would consider this my hometown. My parents live right down the corner. We actually moved in with my parents and our one-year-old son at the time, We had nothing. We had a couple thousand dollars to our name and that was it. We didn't have any assets. We didn't have a house to sell from Oklahoma when we came back. We were renting up there. And we had a couple thousand dollars, but I decided right at the beginning of Radical Church, well before we ever even launched, that I was going to lead the way in generosity for our church. That I was gonna model what it looks like to be a generous person and to live generously because I would never expect you guys to do something that I won't do myself, right? And I, I just would never expect that. And so we put in $2,000 to the Radical Church bank account. It was the first deposit that was ever made into that bank account. And two days after we moved here, I didn't have a job. I didn't have nothing. I was like, I don't want to have to go back to the Applebee's. Come on, I worked at Applebee's and Chick-fil-A for a while when I was growing up. I don't want to have to do that. Uh, I just don't want to. And I don't feel like that that's what God had for me to do. I felt like there was something else. And there had been a lady in Oklahoma that had an opportunity for me before. She said, hey, I got some work for you when you moved down to Texas. She said, I got a few, you know, video editing and social media marketing things that you could do. I'd done that for a couple of years. And, and so two days after we moved here, I broke down. I'm not going to lie. I had a panic attack, broke down, crying. It was awful. And I'm like, I just moved my family into my parents' house, you know, and we have nothing. We just gave $2,000 to the church and we don't got nothing. I'm going to have to get a job. Like, what in the world am I doing? Like, God, what is going on? And actually, I didn't, I didn't say that, to be honest. I'm going to be real with y'all. I did not. I was not even praying about it. I was just freaking out in that moment. And so Lindsay, just like the Holy Spirit, come on now, she comes up to me. She says, well, babe, like, have you prayed about this? Like, have you, have you talked to God about this? Have you gone to him and asked, you know, if he could provide or if there's a way out that he can provide for you? And I was like, oh, no, it just like cut straight to my heart, right? I was like, no, like, I haven't prayed about this and I really need to. And so I went in literally to our room, got on my knees and prayed to God. I was like, Lord, you got to help me. You got to help us right now because I moved all the way here on a word from you, knowing that we were supposed to start this church. We're in a really bad place financially and and we're not going to make it if you don't make something happen. And I think it was the next day I reached out to the lady from Oklahoma. I said, hey, you said you had some work for me. Like, what do you got? And she said, well, how much time do you have? And I said, I mean, as much as you need me to have. And she said, well, I got, I mean, I have a full-time job for you if you have enough time for it. 
And I was like, are you serious? Like, like, like how much full-time? She was like, no, 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 like a good full-time job for you. And so I actually went from two weeks earlier at the church I'd been at for five years. I was making a decent amount of money, but I immediately, after two weeks of, of being gone, moving into my parents' house, two days, freaking out, calling Stacy on the phone, I ended up making about a time and a half what I was making at the church immediately after I got on my knees and prayed to God. Now, you can't tell me that that's not God, amen? You can't tell me. And we were able to fund a lot of the early days of Radical Church because of that. And he really helped us. So look to the Bible to see stories of God providing for people. Look to others that you know when you know that God has provided for them and you know that they live generously and ask them, what has God done in your life? And the solution number two is a lot more practical for this one. Maybe uh, having faith in God as provider. The second solution is, is if you think it would take a miracle for you to live without 10% of your income right now, that's the time to do a lifestyle check, okay? Can we just be honest with ourselves? If you think this is a miracle, there's no way I could do it, it's impossible. So you gotta take a look at your budget, cut back on spending, add a side hustle, whatever you gotta do. It might mean limiting some of that fun money that you have. Maybe instead of uh, going out, you pack a lunch when you go to work. Maybe instead of going to Starbucks, right, and spending that extra little money on that peppermint mocha, you know what I'm talking about? We had some of that this morning, praise God, okay. Ooh, that's a hard one to give up. I understand, I understand. Maybe make the coffee at home. It might not be as good, you know, but it's all right. We can get through, okay? And generosity should still be a priority even when you're going through a hard time financially. It has to be. Why? Because that's how Jesus instructs us to live. And the discipline and faith that comes with it is absolutely worth it. Now, here's my caveat. If you are struggling financially, I would not suggest that you start out at 10% and above and just go absolutely all out. Listen, just start somewhere. Just start somewhere. Start to have a discipline every single week or every month, whatever it is that you want to do with you and your family, of being generous. It doesn't have to be 10%. Man, if you can do 2% of your income right now and you know somebody that's in need, give it to them, right? If you want to help on next week on a miracle offering, you see all these partners that come up and we're going to be doing amazing things locally, regionally, and globally, introducing all these uh, great organizations that are doing great things all around the world. You say, you know what? I want to start this Sunday. I don't have much to give, but I'm going to give something, right? Generosity should still be a priority even when you're going through a hard financial season. And once you are debt-free, you'll be able to give extravagantly. How many of you would love to be able to just give and give and give and give and give and give extravagantly? I've talked to some people in our church. They said, Pastor, will you please pray for me? Because I want to be able to give extravagantly, not just to the church, but to people that are in need all around me. And, and me and Lindsay have had this conversation before. We would love to be able to just go out and just buy things for people that are in need. Like you just go out and buy, you know, food for the people that are behind us in the drive-thru or, or, or buy somebody a car that's in need or, or have somebody, you know, all kinds of different things. We've just talked about wanting to be so generous and, and we're getting there. We're not fully there yet, but we're working towards being able to be extravagantly generous. And we wanna do that because the Bible says it's better to give than to receive. And we know the, the mental stuff that we talked about this last week, the mental and health benefits that actually come when you are a generous person. So you'll be able to live extravagantly and give extravagantly when you are debt free. And the last one is this here today. As you know, Tim or, or Sadie, somebody can come up and, and play behind me today. We're about to do something real fun. I can't wait for this. This is gonna be good. 
The last thing it reveals about you, the first thing was understanding God's word. The second is faith in God as provider. The last was the value for Jesus's sacrifice. Now this is when it gets, this is when it gets a little intense, okay? So bear with me. If you're somebody that, you're not the first person, like you have a solid understanding of, of what God's word says about giving and being generous. And then maybe you're not the second person and you're not struggling financially or anything like that and you, you don't have any financial struggles and, but then you choose not to be a generous person anyway. At that point, it's not a brain problem. At that point, it's now a heart problem. It's not a financial problem at that point. Now it's a heart problem. And it's not an understanding issue. It's, you know what the Bible says about it, and yet we choose not to do it anyway. And how many things in life do we do that with? What is that called? That's just called sin, right? Like we, we know the right thing to do. Paul even talks about that. I know what I want to do, but then I don't do it. I, I know the things I'm not supposed to do, but then I end up doing those things. And it's so frustrating sometimes that we get to that point in our lives. And in finances, it is absolutely no different. And I don't want any of us to have a heart problem towards God. And some people... Don't tithe simply because they're trying to serve both masters. They're trying to serve God and money. And the Bible just says honestly and plainly that it's just not possible. And if we agree that spending reveals our values, then how much would somebody assume that you value God by your current spending habits? If that report comes out about you, that profile about you and and there's nothing in there about living generously. There's nothing in there about giving. And maybe they even say, actually, it seems like they spend most of their money on themselves and they don't really ever give. And they're not really a generous person. You say, well, of course I'm a generous person. And of course I value God and all this stuff, but it doesn't necessarily always reflect in that report. Would they see somebody who's generous, who loves others, or would they see somebody that is more self-focused? And I'm gonna tell you right now, for me, I give because I value Jesus' sacrifice for me. And not just to the church, I do, of course. I wanna always be in the top amount of people that give. But I give to others as much as I can. With my life, with my time, with everything that I have. Not just my money. I wanna give everything I have to other people because I know that that's what Jesus did for me. Would everybody stand in this place today? We say something every single week just about. We say it almost every week here at Radical Church. We give because he gave. We give because he gave. I give because I know what Jesus has done for me and I value the sacrifice that he made for me. I believe that Jesus took on my sin with nails in his hands, nails in his feet, died on a cross for my sin, for all the junk that's in my heart, all the junk that I've done in my life. He died and went to the grave and it seemed like it was over from there, right? It seemed like Satan had won in that moment. But then we know that he rose again on the third day and that he sits at the right hand of the Father and the Bible said that he's praying for you and he's praying for me. He's interceding for us. That's what that means. He's praying for us. And I believe that I have an eternal life in heaven on the other side of earth because of what he did for me on the cross. And that's why I give. I give because he gave. 
It has nothing to do with laws. It has nothing to do with Old Testament versus New Testament. It has nothing to do with any of that stuff. It has everything to do with me thanking God that I'm alive, thanking God that I have breath in my lungs, thanking God that I live to be a blessing to others. My life is not for me. My life is for others. And I want to give everything I have to see somebody find the same hope in Jesus that I have in my life. Would you want to do that too? Would you want to give your life for others so that they can find the hope that we have in Jesus Christ? Would you do that? Come on. Yes. I give because he gave everything. And listen, you can bury your treasure here on earth. You can take that treasure and bury it in the sand somewhere. You can spend it all on your stuff and you can maybe store it up here on earth and be about yourself. You could do that. Or you could store up your treasures in heaven where it's going to last a lot longer. Live generously. Help others. Let's make a difference eternally. Amen? Amen. I'm so grateful for people that have given their lives to serve others. And I want to give my life to serve others. We've established that. We say we want to do that. And there are some people that are in this place today that, that give so much of their time and their efforts during the holiday season, right? During Thanksgiving and Christmas. And I told you a couple of weeks ago and last week that I, we wanted to bless anybody that's in the service industry, anybody that's working to serve us, right? During this time, like we're going out to eat, we're buying gifts, we're buying presents, we're, we're at the store, we're at the grocery store, doing all these things. And, and there's these people that are behind the other side of that desk that are typing out all the stuff and checking us out. They're having to work through Thanksgiving. They're having to work through Christmas and they don't get to spend a lot of that time with their family. And it's just a part of their job. It's what they do. And so I said, we wanted to bless anybody that's in the service industry. And we want to honor you today. We want to say thank you for serving us. And I know it's your job, but listen, it, when you do it with a smile on your face, it just makes the season so much better for all of us, right? So whether you're a barista, whether you're a cashier, whether you're a manager at a grocery store, or whether you work in any form of the service industry at all, what I want you to do, actually, babe, would you come up and help me? Thank you. We have some gifts for you today. It's $25 gift cards to Amazon. And we just want to say thank you for everything that you've done. We want to help you to buy some, gift, uh, some gifts for your family and gifts for people that mean a lot to you. And we want to just say thank you for doing everything that you do for us. As you serve us, we want to serve you back today. So I don't know who's out there that works in the service industry. If that's even remotely you, would you just come on up right now as we give a round of applause for those people? Would you just come up? I want to give you a gift card. Rocky, come here, bro. I know that's you. Anybody else that works in the service industry? Come on, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, come on, come on, come on. There you go, absolutely. Yeah, come on. Merry Christmas. Merry, yeah, come on, come on, come on. There you go. Is there anybody else, anybody else that works in that industry, even remotely, okay? You're like, yeah, I help people sometimes. Yeah, sure, all right, cool, all right. <laughs> I'll take 25 bucks, yeah. Okay, very cool, very cool, awesome. Thank you, babe, I appreciate you. Hey, thank you all for, for serving us. It really does mean a lot. I know it's a hard season for you that 
are going and working all throughout this uh, Christmas, holiday, Thanksgiving season. And this is the kind of stuff that, that Radical Church gets to do because we've budgeted well, we've saved money well, and now we're able to give extravagantly. I had 30, 30 gift cards there, and I told Melanie yesterday, our admin, who actually just came on staff, will y'all give it up for Melanie back there? I'm gonna call you my executive administrator. I like that. I've got to get a title for you, something like that. But we're able to hire people like Melanie and then also another couple that's sitting in the back right now that works in our production, Paige and Kylan, will you stand up? They were just able to come on staff as well. They're our new communications directors and they're doing a fantastic job. And the reason why we're able to do this and why we're able to give so much away next Sunday, like we're gonna do, is because we've done these things well. And I think our church has grown. If I'm just being completely honest, I think our church has grown to the size it has and, and, and we're doing as well as we have because we started with generosity right from the beginning. We didn't wait until we had money to give. You'll hear about that next week. We didn't even have anything as a church when we first started out. We, were, we could have saved, we were trying to raise money for our launch day. And I said, you know what? COVID is happening. Let's give as much as we can away. And I think God has blessed that. I really do think so. So as we close out this series and as next week we give our miracle offering, I just wanna ask, you know, if there's anybody out there that, that needs financial freedom, and you want to be able to give extravagantly. You say, you know what? I, I understand what God's word says about giving and being generous. Or maybe you need help today. And, or maybe you don't understand. Or maybe you need help today just trusting in God as your provider. Jehovah Jireh, the God that provides. Come on, he's the one that gives us everything that we have. And yet it's so hard. We hold on to those things sometimes. And you're like, ah, oh, that's me. I'm just gonna be honest. I'm struggling with that, okay? It's okay. It's all right to struggle with that. Maybe you're in a season of transition, just like Leonella. It's hard to give in transition, right? Or maybe you're the last person. You say, you know what? I know what the Bible says about living generously. I know, I believe that God is my provider. And to be honest, I'm just not giving right now. I'm just not doing it. I know that I, I have a heart problem right now and I need to go back to what Jesus has done for me and start at the cross and start at my values. God's my number one value. And I'm gonna make sure I give, my giving reflects that, right? You know that that's you. I just wanna ask if any of those things relate to you, I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand on the count of three. Before I do that, would you bow your heads with me? I know this is sensitive stuff and so I don't want everybody to have, be looking around and everything, but I wanna see you. If, if, if that's any of you today, you're, you don't know what the Bible says about living generously or you wanna live generously, but you're having trouble having faith that God's gonna provide for you in that or or you need to go back to what Jesus did for you and remember that he died on the cross for you and we need to value that so much. If, if you're struggling in any of those areas, would you just raise your hand and look up at me real quick? If that's you, I see you, I see you, I see you, I see you. I see you in the back, yes sir, I see you. Yes, is there anybody else? Just raise your hand and look up at me real quick, if that's you. Okay, about 10 people raise their hand today. I just wanna pray for each and every one of you that God would bless you extravagantly that God will give you all kinds of favor in your life. If you need a job, that he'll provide it for you. If, if there's a way that you can give to somebody around you and your family that maybe is in need, that you would be able to do that. 
that you would have the faith to give to that person and know that God's gonna provide the rest. It's such an important thing for us to do. So I'm gonna pray for you real quick. Father, I pray right now today that you would help each and every one of us to live generously. We've talked about this for the last three weeks, Lord, and it's just been so nice to see people getting out of financial bondage and and changing our mindset about how we think about money and how we spend our money. And really we know at the end of the day that it's about giving. It's not about taking, it's not about receiving, it's about giving in every area of our life, our time, our talents, and our tithe. And God, I pray that you would help us to work our gifts like we talked about, to work the talents and the gifts that you've given us that we can help others to find you, to have freedom in your son, Jesus. And God, we know that that's the ultimate goal, that every time we give to our church, every time we give to an organization that's doing good around the world, any time that we give to somebody in need, that's right down the street from us. Lord, I pray that you would remind us of what you have done for us and that you died for every single person in this entire world. Not just for us, it's not all about me, 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 but God, it's about others. Jesus, you modeled that in every area of your life. So right now, I just wanna ask if there's anybody else that's in this place, heads still bowed if you wouldn't mind. Is there anybody today that knows that you need to get right with God today? Not just about finances, you don't need to just give them your finances. Listen, you know that there's so, it goes so much deeper than that. Maybe you've given your life to him before, but then you kind of went away from him and you stopped valuing the sacrifice that God made for you. Maybe there's some of you that have never given your lives to Jesus before and you say, you know what? Today, I'm gonna put my faith in him, not just in my finances, but in every area of my life. I'm gonna put my faith in Jesus today. If that's you, would you raise your hand up? I just wanna see you real quick, if that's you. Anybody, I see you in the back. I see you right here. Is there anybody else? Come on, can we give it up for these people today that are raising their hands? Come on, amen. We got a couple of people that are saying yes to Jesus today. Let, hey, let's all pray this together uh, so we can support these people that are doing this. Dear Father, I pray today that you would remind me of what you have done for me. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for my sins so that I could have life. God, I give you everything, not just my finances, but my entire life because you gave me your life. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Come on, let's give it up for those people today. It says in the Bible, there's a party in heaven anytime one person gives their life to Jesus. That's amazing, that's amazing. Hey, I just wanna say thank you all for joining us for this Money Talk series. I know it's been a little different, but it's been kind of fun, hasn't it? Who's been here for the whole series? Been here for the whole thing? That's amazing, that's awesome. I hope that you get out of financial bondage and you can start to give extravagantly. And the last thing I wanna remind you of is our miracle offering is next week. So please come back for that. I'm telling you, you wanna see all these really cool organizations that we're giving towards. We have some really cool things that nobody knows about yet that I wanna introduce to you next week. So make sure you come back. And if you'd like to give, if you're a part of Radical Church, this is for the people that come every single week today, okay? If you're a part of our church, you can always give your offerings and your tithes online. You can do that right there. You can do it at the back in the envelope. You know how to do it. But as you give today, I just want you 
to give and remember what Jesus did for you. As you put it in there, as you hit give, whatever it is, do it as an act of worship and remind yourself the sacrifice that Jesus has made for you. Amen? God bless you guys. We'll see you next week.